The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation and I'm your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'm delighted to welcome back to the show today Richard Flyer from Reno, Nevada, who has been working extremely diligently in connecting the good. And now connecting the good is going worldwide. And I'm delighted for you, Richard, that after all the hard work you've put in over the last few years, that this uh, shift, this step up into uh, a new expanded world is uh, happening for you. Congratulations. really appreciate that. And thank you for all your support. And lots been happening since the last time uh, we were together on, on your uh, wonderful show. So before we, uh, we get into those developments, let's uh, our listeners uh, know a little bit about Richard and, and how you got involved in Connecting the Good and just a little bit of background. Well, you know, maybe I can start in, I guess, reverse chronological order. You know, I, up until last year, I was a, a business owner of a, a hyperbaric oxygen therapy center. That was about 13 years, and I sold my interest in the business to work on connecting the good worldwide full-time. That was as of last, uh, last fall. Um, prior to that, prior to being a business uh, person, I uh, was involved with a number of nonprofit organizations and leadership. I, I ran the Nevada Micro Enterprise Initiative, which helped low-income people start their own businesses, had uh, seed capital, and that was throughout the, the state of Nevada. Prior to that, I was in San Diego uh, in the uh, 80s and 90s, and during the 90s, um, I was uh, the director of the San Diego Food Bank, so I got a kind of a, a real taste about food networks and that kind of thing. And, and then before that, I formed a community organization called Neighbors United that was in a, a low-income, really ethnically diverse uh, neighborhood uh, that was plagued by a, a lot of gang and drug violence. So I had a kind of diverse number of experiences. And um, my my background, actually, I, I went to school in uh, biology, was really excited to learn about natural systems. And as we're going to talk about today, I hope we can kind of show the connection between the networks that are found within our natural environment and the human constructed networks that we are embedded in and uh, are involved in every day. So I've got my master's in actually marine biology and I studied dolphin communication. 
in whale communication. So that was actually my specialty. And it was from, from that experience, I then I was, I lived in Mexico after I got my master's uh, for about a year. And one of my uh, spiritual teachers uh, is an Aztec Indian uh, medicine woman in Mexico. And I lived down there uh, studying traditional and spiritual and intuitive healing for about a year. That's a pretty amazing experience. And uh, I guess prior to that, um, keep going back into time, um, you know, when I was younger, probably around 12, 13 years old, I, I started having some awakening experiences that I, I didn't understand at the time. I didn't really talk to anybody. They were more energetic experiences happened as I was going to sleep, and I would experience uh, energy uh, coming up uh, throughout my body. And it, it perceived it as coming into my head and would see, like, lights and sounds. And and um, it really it was kind of a real – actually, it was disturbing because I didn't know what it was. I was a little kid. Um, but I realized, looking back now, that some really deep connection was established um, when I was younger, a connection to something much bigger that I didn't know. I didn't have a language for it at the time. Um, but that vision of this worldwide planetary shifting and the consciousness and how myself personally, how, how I relate to that, and on a personal level, what I need to do to understand and overcome a lot of the separation um, that's within all of us. And focusing on myself, I realized the big gap, I guess, between that cosmic vision that I had of unity and peace and oneness and love and, and how I was living, um, I wasn't judging myself, but it, it, it certainly was an impetus for my whole life. So for the last 40 years, I've been on a, a journey to really, um, I guess, make real and practical what I'd experienced as a cosmic vision, but to bring it down to my own personal life and, and um, my own relationships, my family, my, my neighbors, uh, my coworkers, my community, and uh, it's affected everything. And so over the last 40 years, it's been a, a journey to, to uh, make it real and uh, make it happen. So, that so Richard, Richard, one of the, one of the uh, wonderful aspects of your work is bringing the spiritual into a very practical, real, down-to-earth sense. But before we get into that and talk about connecting the good, I know that you did have one very special experience uh, which demonstrated through vision, through awareness, this all-connectedness through this, what we might call the new earth. Perhaps you could uh, lead us into that through a meditation or the way in which you experienced it so our listeners can get a sense of, of where you're coming from in connecting the good worldwide. Yeah, I really appreciate that opportunity, Peter. You know, it was about 25 years ago, I was um, driving on this high uh, kind of mountain plain uh, in Mexico. It was at night, and it was a road where there was just really no lights anywhere. The villages, they were all sleeping. It was late, and there was no lights out. I was a passenger in a vehicle. And, you know, many of us have different archetypes. We have different ways of connecting to this sense of divine, the sense of presence. And worldwide, it just takes different cultural and religious forms. For me, even though I was, I was raised uh, uh, Jewish, 
Um, and even though I had Buddhist meditation practice um, for many, many uh, decades, I began to experience um, the Christ. So for whatever reason, for me, I see myself as a follower of Jesus, uh, not so much a Christian, but a follower of Jesus as a, as a kind of a, an awakened being uh, archetypally. So I give that as a context because when I was driving, we were driving along, I had this uh, vision, and I, I, it was a vision of, I guess, what you could say was the Christ. And um, there was uh, some exchange of, of wisdom, of knowledge, and a sense that I was going to be shown um, something very important. So while I was sitting in the car, I had the experience of being above the planet Earth, and I was looking down on our, on our planet, and I, I wrote down the experience, so I'd like to share that, so i give that context to everybody. Okay. Uh, would that be okay? Certainly, yeah. Yeah, so if everybody, if those of you who are listening, um, whether with your eyes closed or open, uh, just be mindful of your position, maybe sitting, um, maybe start to focus on your breathing, um, and just... Let the cares of your day uh, go, and as you focus on your breath, imagine a bird's-eye vantage point to see the whole earth like you'd see from space as a blue marble. As you see this wondrous view of our beautiful planet, visualize the lights, lights all over the surface of the globe. Instead of the familiar lights of cities, we see instead the lights of billions of human souls around the planet. Brilliant golden lights coming from the precious hearts of each person. Imagine that out of each heart on the planet, these rays of golden light go from the ground to a point high above the earth and see how these billions of these rays of light, they converge on one spot, a place above the earth that now glows with such beauty and radiance. Above the earth, where the rays all converge, imagine how it now becomes a magnificent heart. For me, the heart of the cosmic Christ. So brilliant with colors of golden and purple light shooting out and downward, back towards all the teeming billions. Imagine now, as you gaze upon the earth from space, can you see how this cosmic heart now continues to pour this light back down into each heart of humanity and of the living world? Can you see the activation, the ignition of what now becomes webs of light that begin to extend horizontally between each of the billions of hearts on the ground? Heaven, indeed, is coming down to earth. Imagine that this is already here within you. This golden light, and today we are extending this to each other as we make real the promise of a new earth found in community. Oh, thank you, Richard. And, and uh, listening to you say that, I'm, I'm very uh, mindful that this week is, in fact, the uh, full moon. Um, there's been some dispute about whether it's the WESAC full moon or not, but in that process, both the Buddha and the Christ joined together in a blessing for all of humanity on the planet. And uh, the Wisak Valley is high in the Himalayas. 
And when the Buddha comes, he comes as a golden light. That's, that's how he comes as a sun into the valley to bless all the people, and he comes for eight, for eight minutes. But the Christ is the channel through which that energy flows. So your vision, your story actually fits in absolutely perfectly with what is happening this week on the, on the planet, available to everybody. You don't have to be a Buddhist or a Christian. Everybody who's got an open heart and is willing to op- open themselves and receive uh, has this opportunity. So thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, you're very welcome. And so the, the, the key piece for you is having had that vision and other experiences, energetic experiences, the key piece then for you is, is how do we take this beautiful, transformative energy from the cosmos, from the celestial realms, and convert that into a really useful, practical, down-to-earth system that will enable us to actually bring that heaven to earth and, and make it a practical, viable, sustainable community activity. So we're actually uh, going to go to our first break right now, and when we return, Richard will fill us in on how Connecting the Good Works. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Many of us make choices in our lives based on how others react. But what should really matter is making our life choices based on what we intuitively feel. By tuning in to The Mystic and the Mystery with Inspired Intuition hosts Beth Porozhik and Christine McIver, you'll receive the tools and inspiration you need to do just that. Your fears do not have to drive you, and you are naturally intuitive, creative, and whole. By believing in yourself, you can live the life you've been longing for. Listen for The Mystic and the Mystery every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. As a reminder to go to my own website, www.petertongue.com. We've got our exciting tour to England and Scotland coming up in the last two weeks of September, and you'll see a wonderful dragon logo on my website. You can click on that and see exactly what uh, the tour is going to include. It's going to be a very, very significant one. 
and www.myheartcenteredjourney.com and our Ambassadors of Light program where we have a class every two weeks where I keep our listeners uh, up to date and informed on what is happening in the world at large and, and my view on uh, how this wonderful transformation of our wonderful, beautiful planet, as Richard just described, is taking place. So www.pedertongue.com and www.myheartcenteredjourney.com. I have with me today Richard Flyer, who is going to be talking to us now about connecting the good. So having had those experiences, Richard, of, of the higher realms, the, the metaphysical connection, the spiritual energies, uh, tell our listeners of how you began to put that into a form that was useful and helpful to people on the earth plane. You know, it, I think it's a, a process of eliminating a lot of knowledge. So I'm, I'm somebody who's more intellectually, you know, like a thinker type person. So for decades... And like maybe many of our listeners, um, accumulating knowledge, uh, uh, studying, reading books, um, going to workshops, conferences, uh, having philosophical conversations. And what I realized after 40 years of, of maybe accumulation is that I just needed to simplify. I had to get to the essence of what this is. Um, because the world already has enough systems of thought, has enough belief systems, enough gurus, teachers, um, people, you know, selling books, people doing conferences. So I, I myself personally, um, I wanted to see something that was sustainable and that wasn't dependent on me and my personality and wasn't looking at me specifically as having anything really new to say. Because um, there really isn't anything new to say. There could be new frameworks from which to say things that are uh, ancient wisdom. And that's what I believe connecting the good is more about. So in order to avoid some of the pitfalls of you know, a long period of history for people who have really good intentions to make a difference, form organizations, and then the organizations grow and like any other organizations, have life cycles, and they kind of grow, and, and sometimes they become self-interested. They become just another group in a given community. And I think that's the nature of our human experience and has to do with the, the um, uh, separation within us, and it's something that we do unwittingly. So I became mindful of that pattern as I learned from the community, and the simple idea that, that we've developed and a simple method for achieving it, the simple idea is that instead of creating a separate organization, wouldn't it be a beautiful thing to be able to create a gentle network in each community that connects the spiritually-minded people who are both spiritual but not religious people, but also people that go to organized uh, religious groups to get those that are interested in spirituality, but who are also interested in service to community. And in a sense, that could be a subset of the, the spiritual and religious communities in the world are people that are both concerned or like, you know, really passionate about spiritual development within themselves on a personal level, but who are also interested in community service. So what we've done, Connecting the Good, it's actually just a simple method for any 
small group of people to build an expanded spiritual network of people beyond their existing spiritual and religious communities and to connect that spiritual power, that energy of the connectivity that's developed amongst those people in a given region, connect that to practical solving of basic community needs. And those needs we've identified as the 12 common needs. And in a sense, what we've done is we've built a container, a framework around shared values, this passion for spiritual development and the values with concrete community action. And we're doing it in such a way that we don't create a separate organization. That is an innovation. It is such a difficult task to create a a group of people who are working on some common effort but not have it devolve into an ego-based organization where you're like raising money and you're like, you know, competing with others, uh, whether you realize it or not. But to do that is very special. And that's what that we've discovered is a method of doing that. So can you give us uh, an example of a, of a project where you have actually networked uh, or someone has networked through connecting the good a group of different uh, aspects of your community together with this overarching connectivity that has led to some wonderful things? Definitely be happy to. Um, about, I guess it's six years ago, so we've been building Connecting the Good now for 10, it's been 10 years, so about four years into Connecting the Good and into our effort, um, we realized that one of the sectors that was very important was to produce more local food and consume more local food in, a, in our region. And we live in a high desert environment, and the growing season's pretty much like May through October. And it was very important to uh, strengthen that and develop a network around food. And there, there wasn't any when we started. There wasn't what we now call a local food system network. So it was a very simple process that did not involve creating a separate organization. It's more like being a catalyst. So within what we now call a connections gathering, and that's the main tool that we use that we can talk about a little bit later, Uh, we were able to make some connections through the people in the group to what we call hubs in the local food system. So a farmer who's been in our region for 100 years, his family's been farming, a rancher, uh, people that are interested in farmer's markets, uh, local organic food, uh, people are passionate about that, and activists about local food, people concerned about hunger and poverty, so our, our local Northern Nevada Food Bank. So we're able to bring together about six hub leaders in the area of food in different parts of the food system who may or may not have been really connected already. Brought them together for one meeting for an hour, discussed the, the need for a broader network. Then everybody decided, hey, it would be a great idea to have a breakfast meeting a month later Everybody invited their connections within their sectors of that food area, and we had like 70 leaders at this uh, meeting. And it was interesting at this breakfast meeting, so we had 70 people passionate, leaders and business owners and farmers, ranchers and organic food people, farmers market people, people concerned about hunger and poverty. We even had the 
the institutional buyer for what is our Washoe County School District of 64,000 uh, uh, you know, kids that they buy food for, looking for opportunities to buy from our local food system. So that meeting, at that meeting, we highlighted some of the key components, and one of the kind of telling remarks was the director of the Northern Nevada Food Bank stood up and said, I've been wanting to do this for 10 years. I just never had the time. So it seems that from a consciousness level, what's happening is that as we do good in our own areas in a traditional organizational form, we can get trapped by the necessities of running the organization. We need to raise money, have paid staff, and it keeps us from continually to expand our network infrastructure. And as a result, we form network islands or silos. So we just created a gentle way of connecting all the networks, and it's like that vision earlier. So imagine a bird's-eye view of a given community. You're looking down on it. You will see multiple networks, and many of them are not connected. And what we did in this process was simply find a way to connect them, and that led to an informal monthly meeting of the local food system network, and that then led to strengthening the new food cooperative the Great Basin Community Food Cooperative, which now has 6,000 members, you know, one of the fastest-growing food co-ops in the U.S. It helped to get the city of Reno, through its redevelopment agency, to invest money to build the West Street Market, a public farmer's market in downtown Reno. It helped to develop a variety of what are called uh, community-supported agriculture or subscription farming initiatives. It helped to network uh, people that are what you call backyard farmers, people growing food and how to connect them at a neighborhood level. It helped to lead to the development of a permaculture initiative. So all of these initiatives came and were strengthened by creating a culture and a consciousness around connectivity. So connecting the good didn't actually build a farm. We didn't, you know, uh, build a farmer's market. You know, we didn't uh, start a food cooperative. We didn't do any of those things. All Connecting the Good did was to connect the key players and all the passionate people in, in the community in a particular area like food. And that is the magic behind it because we didn't have our egos invested. We didn't want to control it. So that local food system network is not a project of Connecting the Good. It is something that emerged from this process organically in a, what could be called self-organization. It's an emergence process that from co-creativity, and because we didn't have ego invested to try to control it or dominate it, and we, didn't have, we weren't trying to raise money for it, for ourselves, we were just trying to connect it, build co-creative community collaborations, and then let it go. So, Richard, we're coming up to our second break, and that's a, that's a perfect time to do so, and I really appreciate that wonderful example you've just given, that very practical, down-to-earth understanding of how this works. We'll return with Richard Flyer in a moment. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. If you were looking to shift from struggle to a life of alignment with your deepest truth, 
You'll want to tune in to Thresholds to Awakening with host Sway Emily Spilkin. Our program will help you discover that your deepest challenges are not mistakes, but opportunities to become who you really are. Thresholds to Awakening. Enter your darkness to find your light, where Sway speaks with spiritual luminaries, cutting-edge thought leaders, and experts in the field of transformation. Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Be Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. I have an exciting weekend coming up this weekend. I shall be in Las Vegas appearing on the virtual light broadcast of www.lightworker.com on the Steve Rother Network. It is a three-hour TV internet show with some really interesting guests, and I will be one of them for a half an hour slot at some point in the three hours. So you can uh, watch uh, live or you can watch archived. Um, You can get to it through www.lightworker.com forward slash virtual light and you'll see me at some point in that three hour segment from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific time this Saturday, May 25th. Richard, having heard uh, what you had to say in that really neat example you shared about the food and the growing of food and the interconnectivity that can occur with people through the food, I'm really interested to hear how that affected the relationships amongst the different people and the different businesses involved and the, the responses you had from, from the people, some of whom obviously benefit tremendously. You know, that's a great question. And I think um, going back to the foundation of connecting the good, it's all about shared values and how shared values and what we've defined as shared values would be love, integrity, courage, service, and respect, and a variety of other values, those values are the driving force, if you will, the power behind connections. And a lot of efforts to build community, especially ones focusing on sustainable community, for example, food, could be ecological sustainability having to do with the environment, uh, strengthening local economy, and other aspects of community initiatives. I would say that One of the main areas that's missing from many are the focus on spiritual and universal principles. 
And I believe that the hesitancy amongst those that are working in this community dimension, there's a hesitancy to, to integrate spirituality because of the fear that it would be associated with some religious paradigm that's divisive. And historically, we all know that you know, religion and politics and, and anything that's sectarian like that can lead to division and even violence and war. So there's been a hesitancy to it. So I think we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater, if you will, if that's the correct metaphor, I'm not sure, but it's basically that we've been really squeamish about it. So what Connecting the Good is doing in a very um, forthright and simple way is to reintroduce spirituality in its pure essence, which has to do with the embodiment of universal values and spiritual principles in our being and in our lives, in action, where there's no separation between the individual, a family, a community, that it's all part of multidimensional reality that we're part of, and we try to embody it all, including not just our own selves, and I know it's difficult sometimes to embody these principles just in our own personal lives, but to expand this to the next level of organization, to, to expand these values and principles beyond ourselves, to, to actually develop the power within ourselves of consistent application of these values so that we are actually able to radiate uh, peace and harmony and love in difficult situations, especially in our communities. So your question about how does this affect the relationships, I would have to say that what we've done is by focusing on the foundation, being in consciousness and these spiritual principles in action, it's a process that takes time and as you build collaborations that are concrete between the different aspects of, say, in this case, it was the food system, it does affect the personal relationships. It strengthens them, even though there may be some challenges, uh, misunderstandings that always happen amongst people, you know, when we're trying to communicate. But behind this process of a local food system network isn't just some kind of more secular community initiative, like a regular network. There's actually spiritual principles, consciousness behind it, and the individuals that are part of this are spread out in the community horizontally. So it's not like a, a group of people, like some mastermind group behind the scenes that are like just meeting. It's actually a distributed kind of process, and that is what we've discovered is really a, a secret, if you will, to building strong relationships that are sustainable. And it has to do, I believe, with this principle. And what we've discovered is that when individuals are part of groups that have particular uh, agendas, it could be political, religious, it could be passionate about a particular area like environment versus food versus arts and culture, um, we form network silos and we tend to, if you will, attenuate the power of the spiritual energy that flows through us and that could, throw, could, could flow through our organizations to the rest of the community. But what happens is when we get narrowly focused on a particular issue that we're passionate about and really doing good, um, the spiritual energy, the consciousness flows through the nodes of intersection of that network that we're part of. But it doesn't flow throughout the whole community. And many of us who are working doing good, this same process of how consciousness flows through us as people and through our organizations and through separate networks, 
it doesn't extend beyond our network, or sometimes it may a little bit. So by connecting individuals one-on-one in very simple ways, like somebody that you didn't know from one part of the network, you take them out to lunch or you help them, you're an active service. By connecting two individuals in two networks that maybe were not working together before, simply by doing that creates the flow of energy. I, I like to look at it as like wiring, like light flowing now between two people. But those two people represent hundreds of people, maybe thousands of people in their network. And as that flows through, it creates nodes of intersection. So this wiring of light and of love and of energy and positive energy is flowing now throughout the whole community. And what that's building is a larger container for consciousness to fill. So instead of just consciousness filling one group, one network, and and then multiple groups, multiple networks, it's filling the whole community space. And that could lead to quantum shifts. And that's what I believe we've seen here in, in Reno is that it affects leads to shifts of individual awareness and consciousness, but the whole community emerges. And this is an ongoing process. You never reach like a plateau. You just keep deepening the uh, sense of coherence around this field and the, and the connectivity and the consciousness and the experience of greater happiness. And Richard, you, you've talked about uh, this network of consciousness spreading as, through this interconnectedness, and obviously you've just had a shift up to another, a quantum shift up to another level as Connecting the Good is, is now going global, worldwide. So explain to our listeners how that uh, local work in the uh, Nevada region has suddenly taken off to another potential level. You know, I'm really glad to be able to share that. And part of it is through the connection with Dr. A.T.R. Ratane, a colleague, and I would say a spiritual friend of mine who is in Sri Lanka, and he's been working at this for more than 50 years. And he is somebody that's very well known by uh, people like Deepak Chopra and uh, Michael Beckwith and Barbara Marks Hubbard and many, many people who are doing good work in the West. And Dr. Ari, as he is called, has been working to build conscious communities in 15,000 villages that are now bigger communities in Sri Lanka. So when I visited uh, Sri Lanka in November of last year of 2012, uh, we discussed a partnership. And it was difficult for him, given that he's coming from an Eastern perspective, he's uh, Buddhist in his uh, spirituality, it was difficult for him to spread that Sarvodia message directly to the West. So I've known about Sarvodia now for 30 years, and it's been an inspiration or one of the inspirations for connecting the good. So we've formed a, a, a joint, like a partnership, and connecting the good from his perspective really represents the best spirit, not the exact way it operates, but the best spirit of his movement, Sarvodia. So we're working together. So when I returned, from Sri Lanka, um, just began a process of really looking at our materials and building a website, and all those things are coming together. But I think your question is, you know, how do you go from the local to the global? I think first, you enter into prayer and meditation, and as I was doing that, I realized that in Reno area, I've developed so much connections to my community, thousands and tens of thousands of people that I felt so much love and energy and support from them, and then it's returned to them. And then I was feeling a little kind of, I guess, kind of alone, because 
you know, there were these, you know, how do you do the same on the global level? So I think the, the first is in consciousness. So the answer to your beginning of your question, not on a practical level, but maybe on a practical spiritual one, is I just focused and imagined opening up my heart, opening up my mind to a larger sphere, to the, the, uh, to the planet. And as I was doing that, I was able to see all the cities around the world. And in my meditations, I can start to see the people in each of the communities. And I start to connect with them. And I start to, to I don't know who they are. Uh, I don't know who of our listeners uh, they are. But I, I started to experience that. And that leads to, to me, a practical step. And that step is to you know, get the materials ready so that people can replicate and propagate, you know, what we've done in a very simple way. And I don't know if I've answered your question, but that's the beginning of how we approached it. Well, we're actually coming up to our, our final break, Richard. So what I would like to do is to, perhaps when we return, uh, explain how you are going to practically open this door to this bigger opportunity for this word and this uh, methodology, this process to spread, and also what any of our listeners who want to get involved can do to do so. So we'll take that final break now. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. 
I have with me today Richard Flyer. And Richard, uh, before the break, you gave us the sort of philosophical uh, background of how you began this expanding consciousness around connecting the good. So now tell us how that can work in a practical sense, how it will spread and how people can get involved. Thank you for the opportunity, and I realized in that last section that it, I, I may not have answered your uh, practical question, so I'm going to attempt to do that right now. Um, what, what's being developed and is expanding now to cities, primarily in the United States, is to start with what we call a connections gathering. So conscious community, as I mentioned, is more of the philosophic ideal of this kind of community that we would all like to see. Connecting the good, the network, is a way of building a social infrastructure in a given region where this kind of conscious community is developing. But that may be real. Those kind of concepts are really huge and seems very daunting. But ultimately, you start connecting the good, not in some big, huge sense, as we talked about before, like with the local food system and all, but you start doing it with a small group of people, even 5 to 10, 15, 20 people to start, and we've developed a method over the last seven years, which is really now the catalyst and the simple tool uh, that any existing group or even a new group of people could, could start, and we call it a connections gathering, and it has really a couple aspects to it. It's a once-a-month meeting, lasts two and a half hours, typically midweek at someone's home. So it's typically better to do it that way at, at someone's home. It's more intimate. Uh, people break bread and share food, get to know each other. And then people do a check-in process so that people can find out what's happening in our lives. So it's not just uh, it's not a meeting where you're doing projects. It's actually you're connecting and you're building an expanded spiritual and community network, really, is what's happening. And then there's two main aspects to a connections gathering that I'll discuss really briefly. The first is what we call chrysalis, and chrysalis is where people go into small breakout groups. So if you have 15 people in your big meeting, you go into three separate groups, and we've made it really simple. People share stories from their heart about how they've been practicing, demonstrating particular values that are defined each month. So in the month of May, it's compassion. So people share stories about how they've been demonstrating compassion in the different parts of their lives. It's facilitated, so there's some knowledge of some facilitation skills needed to, to be part of the group. And people share from their hearts. It's not a conversation in a normal sense at all. So it's not a back and forth, a discussion as we normally do. It's actually a sharing. Everybody gets an opportunity to share. There's no crosstalk. But that creates this beautiful heart space where people get deeper and deeper into their heart and learn about being able to communicate in this manner without thinking, without being in your head, but just a very simple language of what we call heart-based communication. That heart-based communication bypasses all the divisive tendencies of our analytical brain. So it's not about politics, religion, promoting your business. It's a space where we're sharing the best of ourselves. That creates an, a resonance field, an alignment around these, these values, and those values are resonating with what we could say would be a cosmic sense of unity and oneness. So it's actually an experience. That's the chrysalis. 
after that's done, that's just 30 minutes, and it's so powerful. And people have experienced such dramatic results in terms of being able to more consistently apply these different values like compassion and patience and integrity in our lives, the way we're, we're um, you know, manifesting in, in, the, in, the, um, you know, in the real world. Then we go to the next section. The last section of the meeting is basically we call the nexus. So we go from an internal process of focusing on spiritual awareness to an external process focusing on our community connections. So that's back in the large group, and people go around the group and share uh, projects they're working on, what their needs are, do they need help, like volunteers, funding for their projects. People talk about events that are coming up, and it's in this sharing that a lot of these community connections are made. And after that sharing is happening, because there's no conversation about it, it's a rapid-fire sharing of information and people's passions. We close with a circle, and then after the meeting is over formally, then there's time for people to connect with those who they really strongly resonated with during the meeting. And that is the secret sauce to actually creating catalytic community building. It's not some formal process of bringing established leaders together not like that at all. It's in these simple connections made in this connections gathering that people take it out of the meeting and they start creating projects and they start connecting all the networks in that in the way that we've discussed before. So, Richard, so we're actually, we actually only have a couple of minutes left. So, I just want you also to have time to mention the fact that you're also uh, going on the road uh, sometime later this year as well. You know, what's happening now before that, yes, in the fall, we're going to be doing a brief tour of, of some cities on the West Coast. Uh, prior to that, though, we're making connections with um, other networks, other global networks, um, so that we can spread the word. And our website is, is actually live um, this very day, today. And on it, uh, listeners, you will find all the materials you need to, to find out how to start a connections gathering, um, from you know step one through you know finish how to get support for that and all the materials are there um, there's a lot of videos that give uh, background and we're building a system where new leaders that are are developing in other cities we're coming together for a monthly teleconference where people share their challenges and stories so we're building a system of of support there. And the website is connectingthegood, all one word, dot com. That's connectingthegood.com. And if you go to the, that website, you'll find that um, next week on Wednesday evening at 6 o'clock Pacific time, and that's the 29th, a week from today, we're going to have a one-hour orientation that'll talk about the history, that'll talk about where we're at with Connecting the Good and how you can get it more involved. Um, you can sign up for it on the website and register for that teleconference uh, to find out more information about how this is um, you know, spreading and how um, your community can participate. Fantastic. And, and, and the, by West Coast, when you, when you go on the road, where, where are you heading for, roughly? Do you know the main cities? We're looking at uh, Seattle, San Francisco, and Los Angeles as a as a beginning, and then we'll have more information in the next uh, next couple months on that. 
And then from there, having established uh, some Connecting the Good Connections gatherings in different uh, communities, you'll then be looking to go beyond the U.S. and out into the world. You know, most definitely. In fact, I forgot to mention, we are planning a, a conference in Reno, Nevada, uh, sometime in uh, maybe early November, a national conference where we're asking people who are interested to come join us for a weekend of celebration but also training so when you go back, you'll be more fully equipped to start a gathering, a connections gathering, and a connecting the good network in your town. Um, and also, we've got uh, somebody that's coming and visiting us uh, this summer from, from Germany and who wants to take this back and spread it in Germany and in Europe. So that's, that's actually uh, happening. Richard, uh, we've come to the end of the show very, very quickly, but I really want to thank you for giving us this insight. And I think it's wonderful that you're working with this energy of uh, higher-level consciousness, bringing it into the earth plane, doing useful, practical things, as you say, without any egoic uh, tendencies or uh, a super group that takes over. Uh, and then the reciprocal energy going back from the practical down to earth to spread the consciousness throughout the networks. Uh, that vision of yours of the Christ heart light, I can see how it connects in totally with uh, spreading the connecting the good around the planet. So I really congratulate you and thank you for joining me today and good luck with the project. Thank you very much and I congratulate you too on all the uh, success and expansion of your work. I'm really happy that you're able to reach, you know, um, you know, more people with your message. And I appreciate the opportunity to come on here and uh, spend this time with you. It's uh, really precious. Thanks so much, Richard. I appreciate it, too. Thank you. You're welcome. So I hope you've enjoyed uh, today's show with Richard Flyer. Once again, www.connectingthegood.com. Next week, my guest is Hugh Newman, who returns. Hugh was the founder of Megalithomania uh, and has tremendous insight and awareness of the ley lines, the vortex sites, standing stone circles, and has been discovering some new sites in places around the globe that are as yet unknown. And so he will be giving us his latest updates on the earth energies and the geomancy, ley lines, and megalithic stone structures. Again, will be another very interesting show, I know. Have a great week. Enjoy the full moon this uh, Thursday, Friday, and receive your blessings from the Christ and the Buddha. Have a great week. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.